0: We have our our tree up at the house, but it's not decorated. It needs some some light lighting help before the decorations go on. And I'm told so. I I have a task ahead of me. I'm afraid. So uh, we're gonna be talking uh, this morning about giving up control. Uh, Any any of y'all have issues with control? Okay, I don't want you pointing to anybody else. Right, control issues. Yeah, you you know what God's answer to that is, right? Children, yeah, you know, if you think you're in control, just wait till you have kids or grandkids and, and you find out you're not, you know, they, they quickly teach you that, you know, oh, oh, actually, you're not in control, you just think you are, uh, so um, when, uh, when we were coming up to, to Austin after Ashton was born the first uh, time, we were coming up here for a baby shower, and, and uh, we arrived in Austin, and I, I'd already changed clothes twice by the time we got here, sure. think about it. And, uh, and, and so we got here, and we're at some friend's house, and I'm sitting there, and I'm bouncing her on my lap. I'm in my last set of clean clothes, and she turns around and looks at me and goes, <laughs> So did you know that you can get your clothes cleaned in an hour here in Austin? If, you have the, if you're willing to pay for it, then you can actually get them cleaned in an hour and get them back. So uh, we, we, uh, I barred clothing, and we cleaned clothes and did that. You know, that's, that's, you know if you think you're in control, maybe not so much. So, uh, so when we were, uh, you know, kind of learning how to, to deal with our children and working with our kids, one of the things we learned was that, uh, you know, if you, uh, if, if you enter into a direct power conflict with them, uh, inevitably they tend to end up winning. So, you know, you have, to, you have to be crafty about such things, and one of the things we came up with was the night-night buzzer. Uh, because, you know, heaven forbid that we should go to bed early because then we might miss something that the parents are going to do. And really, you know, parents, y'all know when we put our kids to bed, we're really not going to do anything exciting, right? We just want them to go to bed so we can go to bed. But, 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 you know, we did, so we had the night, night buzzer and, and, and I don't know where Cindy read this somewhere, uh, but we would set the night, night buzzer and you know, like three to five minutes or so. And, and, and it would, it would go and and then it would go off and and they oh, I don't want to go to bed. Well, Sorry. The night-night buzzer says it's time to go to bed. Sorry, guys, you got to go. So they'd go off to bed. You know, I said, you have to learn these little, you know, you can't, you can't control. But the night-night buzzer is, is, you know, it's like fate. And when our daughter was uh, starting school, and we'd try to get her up in the mornings to go to school. And she wouldn't want to get up in the mornings, and, and this would be, you know, kind of a battle. And uh, finally one morning she said, you know, if you would just get me my own alarm, I will get myself up okay, we'll try that. So, you know, we're desperate. So, so we got an alarm and we, we put it in there and she said it. And I want you to know from, from the time she was in kindergarten on, she set her alarm and got herself up every morning to go to school uh, because it was far preferable for her to do that on her own. Uh, you know, we, we like to think we're in control of things and we like to be in control of things. Uh, the reality is a lot of times we're not as in control as we think. Uh, we spent, what, nine, nine hours sitting in, in, in Love Field uh, last spring uh, when our Southwest plane had a mechanical problem and they didn't have another plane to go, so, you know, we had planned to be somewhere, but we spent nine hours in the airport, and it was like, oh, this is just so much fun, you know? You just think you're in control until you're not. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about control because as we come into Advent season... Um, it tends to be, you know, holidays sometimes tend to bring out the worst of our controlling tendencies, uh, and so I'm just going to invite you this morning to, uh, to enter in a time of reflecting on where, where you might be in control and where maybe you need to let go of some of that. Let's pray. And Father, we come, we confess to you that we uh, like to be in charge and we like to be in control, so uh, come this morning and help us to let go uh, and to allow you to be God. Uh, May the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, because you are our God and our Redeemer. Amen. So if you look up the word control, you'll find it's like this. uh, The noun, uh, the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. A verb to determine the behavior or supervise the running of someone or something. And I think it's a great definition for what we're working with today, They to have the, the power to direct people's behavior or the course of events, because, you know, the truth is, how well does that work for you? You know, I mean, if you've ever actually tried to do that, you find that people are very resistant to that. Nonetheless, we try. And one of the people uh, in, in the Peanuts strip that uh, is very big on control is our friend Lucy. And so uh, this morning, uh, just just watch as she tries to take care of things. Now there's a young lady with ambition, real estate. But you know she's she's got she's going to diagnose him. She knows what the problem is. She knows what he needs to do to fix it. And then when he says, "I don't know anything about doing that," she says, "Don't worry about it. I'll be right there to tell you what to do." <laughs> Have you ever tried to fix someone else? and someone in your family maybe, or someone of your connections you know, uh, where, where you have you know, you try to fix them. Have you ever done that before? How well did that work out? I mean, uh, you know, uh, most of us, uh, you know, we, we really keep falling into that trap, and that's really not what people need from us. Uh, a number of years ago, Cindy kept coming home from work. She had a, a work situation that was troubling her, and she came home several days in a row, and she would come home rah, 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 and tell me all about it. And, you know being the fixer you know right I'd be going okay well this is what you need to do and I'd tell her do this do this do this do this do this and she uh-huh uh-huh and the next day she'd come home the same problem all over again and I said honey I told you you just need to do this 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 and this so we did this about three or four days in a row and finally she came home the last day and she's telling me about this problem and I said honey I keep telling you you need to do this and she says you know she says I don't need you to fix it for me I just want you to listen to me But we keep trying to fix the people around us, don't we? Because it's a way of exerting our control over their lives. And we keep coming back to that over and over. It's built into who we are and has been part of who we are from the very beginning. You go back into the creation story when God is creating. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. And, and what did we do? We ate of the tree. Yeah, that's right, right. I mean, right on to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he comes in and, and the serpent is talking to Adam and Eve and saying, Did God tell you you're going to die if you eat of this tree? No, you're not going to die. God doesn't want you to eat of this tree because God knows if you eat of this tree, you'll be like God. And we thought that sounded great. So instead of having to rely on God, we can just do it ourselves. And that's what we keep doing. We keep trying to take it on ourselves instead of allowing God to be God. If we can just be in control, if we can just be in charge, we'll fix everybody and we'll fix everything. Someone once wrote that uh, our, our role as, as, as followers of Christ, you know, we, that we are actors in the play that God has written. It's not our role to write the play, it's our role to act the part that's been written for us. And yet too often we're kind of like actors in a Shakespeare play who decide, you know, I think I could write that line better than Shakespeare. And so we start rewriting the play and what we write is always less than what God intended. And so we're constantly refusing to allow God to do what God wants to do because we're in charge and we want to call the shots. It's only when we decide that we're going to let go of that and allow God to be God that amazing things begin to happen. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way when his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. I mean, in those few sentences, there's, there's so much emotional turmoil that must have been going on behind that. Uh, they're engaged but they haven't been together yet and and, and all of a sudden she turns up pregnant and, and Joseph must have been hurt and felt betrayed and been angry. And, and, and yet he's not only a righteous man but he's also a gracious man because even in the midst of that sense of betrayal and hurt, he doesn't want to expose her to public disgrace. And so he, he's going to handle this discreetly instead of letting everybody know about it and letting her have it? I mean, that speaks volumes for the graciousness of his soul. But can you even imagine the the kind of pain that he must have been in at that moment? And and just when he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her... It's from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Uh, the name Jesus literally translated means he saves. So he has this dream in the night that, that comes, and this angel in the dream speaks to him. And, and you know, uh, in the midst of this, this time of, of upheaval in his life and, and everything, and he had to wake up the next morning and wonder about, you know, was that really real? I mean, did that really happen? Maybe I had too much hummus for dinner, you know? Uh, I mean, is that, does that really? I mean, this can't be. And, and yet the amazing thing is that Joseph chooses to let God be God and write the story. I mean, Joseph had to be thinking, I, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't know how this is possible. Things like this don't happen. There's, there's no way this, I mean how is this this can be i mean he couldn't understand it he couldn't make sense of it but he agrees anyway to go along with what god tells him and because of that he gets to be part of this great redemption story that god is acting out and when when we're willing to let god be god amazing things can begin to happen When we take control, we push God off the stage and out of the act. And Joseph in that moment sets aside the betrayal and the hurt and the anger and everything else he's feeling. His own unbelief and his own inability to comprehend what's happening. And agrees to be part of what God is doing. And in doing that becomes part of something that's amazing. That, that, that change, that willingness to give ourselves up is something that sometimes is called a, a repentance. And you hear about it from, a, from, from Jesus' cousin, John the Baptizer, right? The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. That that word repentance, if you take the word repent, uh, metanoia in the verb form uh, to change your way of thinking, uh, in the noun it means a change in one's way of life resulting from penitence or spiritual conversion. And that's literally what Joseph does that night. He, he repents and he changes everything in his life. And that's what God calls us to do because it's only when we're willing to, to repent, to change, to have that conversion and allow God to be God that the amazing things that God wants to do begin to happen in our lives. You know, Cindy was uh, teaching a Bible study in Sagina a number of years ago on spiritual disciplines. And as she was teaching through it, you know, everybody was really on board with all different spiritual disciplines until she came to the one about submission. And then they rebelled. And I thought, boy, there's the story of the human race right there. You know, God says, come on, let me me be in charge. Let me show you. And and we go, "Uh uh-uh, no, don't tell me what to do. But that's the story of the gospel as well. That when we give ourselves over to God, when we submit to God, when we surrender to God, when we repent and allow God to be God, then God begins to do amazing things even in the midst of our lives. So uh, a couple of weeks back I had dinner with one of the men that went with me to uh, Kenya this summer on the World Vision trip. And, uh, and he was, uh, he's working with Promise Keepers. He'd been in San Antonio making some arrangements on his way back to Dallas. So he calls me and says, I'm coming through town, you know, want to get together? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And we met for dinner that night. And, and, and we're talking with each other about all the different things we're involved in and everything. And, and as we're going through this meal and we're just having a great time with each other, all of a sudden he says, so how, how did you get involved in all this stuff? I mean, did you like plan to do all this or something? And I'm going, no, I didn't plan to do any of it. I mean, it just, it just kind of happened. You know, I got involved with Corpus Christi Metro Ministries because people in my church wanted me to be involved with it. And so I started getting involved with it. And then the next thing I know, I ended up on the board for the organization. And then the executive director had a brain tumor that required surgery. He was going to be out for a while. And so they drafted me to be the acting director of the organization for a period of time. It was never anything I planned to do. We became involved in Africa here when one of our our young women in the congregation, one of our students, got up and spoke one Sunday morning about water wells, and then one thing just led to another. We got involved with El Salvador when Thomas Johnson, as a UT student, went with the Wesley Foundation down to that ministry and then came back and told us about it. It it wasn't like I planned any of it. I mean, it just kind of happened. And God opened the door, and you walked through. And I asked my friend, I said, so how did you get involved in this ministry in Vietnam? And he said, well, you know, there was a group from our church that was going to go over to Vietnam, kind of a a go-look-see kind of thing for mission possibilities. And, And I'd never been there before, and I was curious about what it was like. And so I went just to see what it might be like. But when he got there, there was a family he started talking to. And they invited him to dinner at their home. And so he went to have dinner with them. And they shared their dream of starting a church in their village with him. And, and, and the son of the family said, you know, I'd really like to do this, and, and I, I, I don't really know how to lead worship uh, very well, and so my friend happens to lead worship in a congregation up in Dallas. And he said, well, let me start teaching you some things. So he taught him some guitar chords and some basic kinds of things. And he started kind of learning that. And then the father said, well, I don't really know much about doing this. And so he, he arranged for the father to come back and study so he could learn some more about scripture and how to use scripture and how to preach. And he went and and then he started going back on a regular basis to teach more people how to do the music and how to lead worship and how to preach. And, and then they built a building and then they started this church and and he kept going back over and over and over and the family now claims him as one of their own sons i said so did you intend to do that he says no it just kind of happened i mean sometimes if you're willing to just let go of things and allow god to be god God begins to invite you into these amazing things that God is doing. And Joseph got invited into the redemption story because he was a willing to let God be God. So as we, uh, as we go into the, the Advent season, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering about where you are in terms of your control kinds of issues. Uh, you know, in, in what areas of the Christmas season season do you like to get your way and be in control and in what areas of life do you like to get your way and be in control does the tree have to be decorated just so Do the ornaments have to be just in the right places do you have certain decorations that always have to be set out in certain places are there certain dishes that have to be cooked and served at certain times certain clothes that people have to wear where areas are you struggling with control? And, and can you identify issues of control that are negative and destructive in your life and relationships? And, and which one of these issues will you work on giving up this holiday season? Maybe this year instead of trying to fix your son or your daughter or your wife or your husband or your parents or your cousin or whoever it is, maybe this year you could just kind of lift them up to God in prayer and ask God to be doing what God needs to do with them and be okay with that. Maybe you could let them go. And, and maybe instead of making a bunch of to-do lists this year, you could do some to-be lists. Like, I will be in the moment with someone. I will be less anxious about other people's expectations of me. Uh, I will choose to be more focused on joy and peace and love and hope. And perhaps if we can, (laughs) we, can all choose to be a little less in control, maybe we can allow God to be more in control. And perhaps the birth of Christ will become that much more real to all of us. Let's pray. Almighty God, from the beginning... We have wrestled with you for control. So hear us this morning as we come before you. Uh, Open our hearts to trust you. Open our minds to recognize your wisdom. Soften our will to allow you to be God and we to be your people. That we might enter into this amazing act of redemption that you are about. And that we might truly receive the coming of Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.